accurately matching patient IDs to patient records is critical to patient safety, privacy, and data security. But there is no sure way to identify patients nationally, even as more health records are being exchanged electronically. One of the biggest hurdles in accurately matching patients with their relevant records is a long-time congressional ban on the Department of Health and Human Services to financially support the development of a national ID system. With this ban in place, private industry has been attempting to come up with some patient-matching solutions. But recently, the U.S. House of Representatives Committee on Appropriations issued draft guidance that would allow HHS to provide technical assistance to private sector-led initiatives on patient ID matching. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Lynn Thomas-Gordon, Chief Executive Officer of the American Health Information Management Association, or AHIMA. Lynn will discuss why this proposed guidance from the House Committee is important. So now, Lynn, for starters, briefly describe why patient ID matching overall is such an important topic to AHEMA when it comes to patient safety as well as information privacy and data security. We really do believe this is such a critical issue. Number one, because when you go into a hospital, I think everybody, or a healthcare provider, everyone just assumes that everything's matched up and everybody's correct. But the reality of it is, is that there are multiple records that are being kept in healthcare facilities. And so when you go in, it's very important that they match up your previous visits to your current visits. For instance, uh, I could go into the hospital and let's say they can't find my old record right away. Even though with electronic records it's much easier, if they don't match me correctly, I could have an allergy. And if my old record showed that I had an allergy and I just walk in the door, they might give me something and it could be potentially fatal. So that's why it's important that we make sure that all records are matched. And are there potential privacy and data security issues if patient records are not correctly matched with the right person? When HIPAA was drafted in 1996, it actually included a provision where there would be a unique health identifier. But then a couple of years later, in 1998, there was this feeling that it might be like Big Brother. What's happened, though, is we the world has changed over the last 20 years, and 96% of hospitals now have an electronic health record. We feel it's so important now for interoperability and making sure you have the right patient that despite the fact that some people out there might still be worried that the privacy aspect, it's like um, the ATMs. Uh, Everybody was probably scared at first to start using their ATM, and now everybody talks, and we have ways to authenticate to make sure that our banking information is safe and secure and private. We want that same thing for healthcare information, and we're we're poised at this time in history to do that. So HEMA strongly believes that we need to look at a voluntary health safety identifier. So, Lynn, what do you think of this draft guidance, the Appropriations Committee at the House? And with such a divided Congress these days, do you think that this proposal will move forward and become final guidance? We would love to see that happen. AHIMA is very encouraged to see that this guidance is being offered by the U.S. House of Representatives Committee on Appropriations. We believe that 
it should move forward. We'd like for it to move forward. If it doesn't, we'll work it on it again as the next group comes in and after the elections because that, of course, sometimes changes things. But by allowing the Department of HHS to provide this technical assistance to the private sector-led initiatives, we, we really feel that very important gains can be made. It's great for patients to make sure that they can be taken care of in the hospital so that they don't have to worry that when they go in, everything's correct. And I have a great example. Uh, we did a little study. It was almost a 1,000 of our members, and we asked them, how much time, how many of you are working on mitigating problems with duplicate medical records? And 57% of our members said that they work on this not only every day, but weekly. They weekly work on making sure that duplicates are corrected and then taken care of so that it doesn't happen again. What's scary, though, is about 47% of our members do not have a quality assurance program in place to make sure it doesn't happen on an ongoing basis. So we know there's duplicates out there. We know it causes patient safety issues. And now's the time for a public-private sector initiative to go forward to take care of this issue. Do you think the outright ban on HHS financially supporting the development of a national patient ID system will ever be lifted? And even though you do have private sector organizations that are working on this topic, if that ban is not lifted or if HHS isn't allowed to tackle this topic, do you think it will move forward in a way since Medicare and Medicaid is such a dominant player in terms of paying for health care in the U.S.? Is there a need for regulators to get involved in this development of patient ID solutions? Well, we believe in a public-private sector solution. We know that the Office of National Coordinator for Health IT, one of their top priorities is interoperability, and it will be very difficult to have that interoperability without coming to some resolution about patient IDs. There uh, was a study done in 2011. It was done by the Harris County Hospital System. But the bottom line is this. They went finally to a palm infrared screening for patients when they came in so they could identify in that way because in their database of approximately 3.5 million patients, they actually had 250,000 patients that had the same first name and the same last name, which is to me amazing. But then on top of it, in that same database of that 250,000 patients, about 70,000 of them had not only the same first name, the same last name, but the same date of birth. So just imagine if you're a physician, it's an emergent situation, a patient comes in the door, and you get the wrong information. For instance, you might be taking a medication that is contradicted to another medication, and they give it to you not knowing. You could have a potentially fatal outcome or what we call a sentinel event. We feel that finally we're at the place where people recognize that patient information is so important and the fact that there's not this voluntary health safety identifier that we need to make an effort to once again have a public-private come together and let's take care of this. In addition to the safety issues, there's also the potential privacy issue if, for instance, a clinician is looking into the wrong Joe Smith's record. You might be seeing information that belongs to a different Joe Smith. There's also the potential for 
the wrong Joe Smith's information to be added to another patient's record. Absolutely. Great comment. We've all gotten emails by mistake that we're supposed to go to somebody else. So obviously this happens. And we don't want people to be seeing something about a patient that they're not responsible for or a caregiver or somebody else for that matter. So now, Lynn, in addition to the patient matching ID issue, are there any other health information security or privacy issues these days that are keeping you up at night, things that you're worried about in terms of cybersecurity in the healthcare sector? What is taking up most of your attention when it comes to that area? Cybersecurity is a real threat, and we're seeing that. A lot of people are working on different things. For patient matching, for instance, we see AHIMA is definitely taking the lead on this. Other people, Commonwealth, Sequoia Project, CHIME, HIMSS, Office of National Coordinator. As far as cybersecurity, that's something that we're hearing more and more about. Our members feel very strongly that all information on patients should be private and secure. We're doing our effort to educate our members so that they can help in the facilities or wherever they might work to make sure that the right person at the right time has the right information and those that don't need that information cannot get it. And finally, Lynn, when it comes to cybersecurity, are you hearing much from your members on whether or not they've been victims of ransomware attacks or other sort of cyber attacks? And are they prepared to deal with these issues? I think everybody thinks they're prepared to deal with it till it actually happens. And it's like, I think I can change my car tire until it actually happens, and then it's like, oh, can I do this? What we're seeing, though, is that hospitals are much more proactive in making sure they have measures in place. And, of course, our members are there to support administration and the C-suite as they ramp up on this. And I think we'll continue to learn more as we go along, but it's just it's one of those things that we're all in this together and we're, we'll figure it out. Thanks, Lynn. I've been speaking to Lynn Thomas-Gordon. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.